welcome to the Fancy Football Heroes. As always, I'm your host, Ernesto Santana, and I'm joined by Aaron Bergeron. Oh, hey, what's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, what a crazy week of uh, preseason action uh, this last week was. Um, jumping straight into the notes, news and notes, we've got your top 10 wide receivers, so I kind of want to breeze through this so we have some time to talk about these guys. Uh, first off the bat, uh, AJ Green suffered an ankle sprain this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, there was ligament damage and it resulted in him having a minor procedure uh, this morning to clean that up. So he's expected to miss the first few games of the season. Um, they didn't really put a defined timetable on it, but just uh, safe, safe to assume about three to four games, depending on how things go. And in other news, uh, Derek Henry, he left practice since last week. He was spotted with a boot, but uh, today it was reported that he's out of the boot and it's just a bruised calf. So I think there's not really any concerns there. Um, keep watching the situation, but it seems like everything is good to go there. Yeah, it seems like he's going to be okay. Um, and that is the joy of week one of preseason, where it seems like the end of the world one day, and the next day it's just a bruised calf, and there's nothing to worry about, um, unless... You know you know who it is the end of the world for? The Giants wide receivers. <laughs> the Giants wide receivers. No! Um, what more can you say about the Giants wide receivers? Uh, Corey Coleman out for the season with an ACL tear. Uh, Sterling Shepard was the first go down with uh, with a fracture on his thumb. It was just the end of the thumb, so there is there is hope that he'll be ready for week one. Um, so he, he gets out almost scotch-free. And then Golden Tate uh, will be serving a four-game suspension for PEDs. Which he's appealing. So, uh, yes, which he is but appealing. He has whatever. been appealing, but it does not seem like he's going to win out on that one. No. So, I mean, clear blue skies over over for the G-men, um, especially for Evan Ingram, who we will definitely be talking about next week when we do tight ends. Um, other... it, has to, it has to hurt Saquon, though, in my opinion. And we don't have to Saquon go into it, but hurt. like... I think uh, I, I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw the post that went out on the Instagram, but um, when the, all the news broke out about the Giants wide receivers, I said uh, Saquon's rushing attempt versus defensive fronts, uh, 0% for seven man mm-hmm. fronts, 0% for eight man fronts, 100% for 11 man fronts. They're just going to put <laughs> every single person in the box to try to stop Saquon. But I mean, that was the expectation going into the season with Saquon, even before the injury. So, you know, that's, it is what it is. I think, I think he'll be fine. I have seen more and more people. Defenses against the Giants. I know. Sound good. Absolutely. Early. I mean, I have, I have seen people already (laughs) on tilt. I have seen more and more people taking, say, uh, Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara uh, at that one spot over Zeke or over Barkley. So uh, the tilt's already happening, but we'll just have to wait to wait and see how things shake out. All right. And before we go into the receivers, I have one more piece of news. Uh, Le'Veon Bell tweeted 
uh, this week to apologize for last season for anybody who drafted him. <laughs> and you know I'm already super low on uh, Le'Veon Bell. But that that tweet did nothing for me. I'm, uh, if anything, it locked him further down because not now he's just promising things he can't he can't he can't promise you championships. Did you, I'm did sorry. you see Matthew Barry's response to it? It was uh, he was like, I'm well, sure was you also promised promised us that 2018 was going to be your best season yet. You promised us that you weren't going to hold out, and you promised us one more thing. But I I'm I'm just not too uh. Not too confident in your Twitter promises these days. He's out of my top ten. I'm sorry. Like, no way. <laughs> the, the, the the tweet put him out of your top ten. It really did. I just I feel like I was. He's just such a question mark. I have no confidence. And look, he could be wide receiver one. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm I'm not touching it with a ten foot pole. Someone else's he, problem. He, uh, I mean, he's done well in preseason he left uh at one point because of cramps that was his first day of fall training because they had him do i don't about... question his health or his ability i question gase giving him the ball and the jets offense and i think how, i think the jets offense gonna... will be good i think the jeff jets offense will be good i think the only thing that worries me there is i have heard a lot of uh a lot of uptick when it comes to time montgomery and the way they're using him and I think that's that's what someone said. That's how they're going to use them is just, you know, a two headed monster and constantly running the football. So I, I don't know. That whole offense is just I don't know what kind of what they're going to come out with. But I'm still I'm still confident in Bell as a top 10. You have fun I will with that. have fun with that on championship lane. Anyways, uh, I think we've gone over the notes uh, far enough. Let's get into these wide receivers because I want some time to talk about each and every one of these guys. I mean, you have me. a big gun. You are not the big gun. Tony, don't be oh, jealous. No, it's subtle, all the bells and whistles. Yeah, it's called being a badass. Fine. So, leading it off, the consensus number one wide receiver for us uh, was DeAndre Hopkins. Um, what more can you say about DeAndre Hopkins? The number two overall on half-point PPR last season, 115 receptions, 163 targets, uh, and 1,572 yards, 11 touchdowns, and zero drops. Zero drops for DeAndre Hopkins. He's, in my opinion, he's as safe as it gets. He's a freak. At that one spot. He's a freak. He's a freak. Draft him. If he's if he falls to you where he's going ADP, you take him. There's no question marks here. He's gonna get you he's gonna get you points. He's he's proven time and again that he doesn't even need a good QB to be a top wide receiver. And now he's got a QB who's going yeah. into his second year or third year. And I just Yeah. This is this is your guy. He's good. Enough said. Yep. He's enough said. He's he's as safe as it gets. He may not have the upside as uh, some of these other guys that we're going to talk about, but I mean he's a lock for a top three spot. Um, and one of those other guys, my number one wide receiver, the consensus two over here, um, Devontae Adams, the Green Bay Packers, uh, eleven one hundred and eleven receptions on one hundred and sixty nine targets. 1,386 yards, uh, 13 touchdowns, 
he was your number three wide receiver over uh, the course of last season. I mean, he's he's my number one overall. And it's the touchdowns are there. You've got Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball. Um, I know you were a little bit lower than I was. I don't. Uh, you had Hopkins as one, correct? Yes. Um, uh, same situation as last time. These these top three guys that we're going to talk about, they're in a tier of their own. I think they're interchangeable depending on your tastes or if you like risk or reward. I think I put him at the bottom because he doesn't have the track record of the other two. Last season was great for him, but uh, it's only one season. I sort of want to see it again before I have his, the same amount of confidence. Uh, he loses Randall Cobb, and I always get iffy when it's a new offensive coordinator. But I think he had touchdowns last year. Aaron Rodgers is throwing you the ball, which is always a good thing. Um, and he's on a good team. They're going to win games. They're going to score points. Uh, even if he has like a slight regression, he's still a top three wide receiver. Numbers were good. I like him. He's top tier. I just yeah. I, d- I don't think he has a regression whatsoever, and that's that's my reasoning for putting him number one. I think he's gotten better year over year over year over year. Um, and then technically speaking, he he was second overall in touchdowns with the thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a down year for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, last year it was about a four point two percent touchdown pass conversion from his attempts Mm -hmm. uh his career average is 6.2 so you're talking about 12 extra touchdowns to be spread out uh you got to figure at least four three to four of those go to Devontae adams so you give me Devontae adams with an extra four touchdowns last season i'll take that at the one spot all day every day i think he's your most potential. he's my one. Yeah, he is, but I'm saying he's he's your most yeah. potential upside of these three. He has yeah, 100%. A lot of potential to be even better than last year, which would be number 1 wide receiver overall probably, but I just mm. I have some question marks. It's a bit riskier than Julio or Hopkins to me. Yep. Um speaking of Julio, he is our consensus number 3, uh, Mr. Julio Jones. Uh, 113 receptions on 170 targets last season, uh, 1,677 yards and only eight touchdowns. Um, speaking of it only going up, I mean, it can only go up for Julio Jones with eight touchdowns. I mean, uh, last year was a weird first, year for him. Yeah. He'll get, it really was. As long as Julio stays healthy, like he has to go up in touchdowns, like you said, and he's Julio. Like he's gonna freaking. He doesn't. He ball. doesn't even. He doesn't even have to stay healthy. Mm-mm. He still that's, does. That's, good. Hul- that's, <laughs> that's Julio Jones. Quintessential Julio Jones is he limps onto the field, catches for 168 yards, and then limps off the field. Since he's, since 2014, he's had over 1,400 receiving yards every season, and like yeah, the touchdowns were down, but. Like he's gonna do that again, and he's gonna get more touchdowns. He just has to. There's just think, it was think, unreal yeah, last think, season how long it took him to get a freaking touchdown. Yep, I mean he had the breakout of Calvin Ridley, and so that was just exploited. Now you've got um, pieces coming in around him where he may not see as much triple coverage, may not see as much double coverage as he was. Calvin Calvin Ridley is now an established threat. You have Austin Hooper coming back. Um, so I don't see any reason why the touchdowns wouldn't go up for Julio Jones. Andy plays the Bucks twice a year. I mean, what more can you ask for? 
plays the Bucks twice a year. Uh, Matt Ryan had a great year last season. Um, fully expect the Falcons to be a top 10 offense like they um, are every year. Um, you killed my segue to speaking of playing the Bucks twice a year. Um, speaking of playing the Bucks twice a year, well, Tyreek doesn't play the Bucks twice a year. Uh, I believe our consensus has Michael Thomas as number four. Our consensus has Tyreek Hill as number four. Well, that's unfortunate that my segue did not work. <laughs> uh, our consensus is Tyreek is number four. Uh, I like Tyreek. Has Thomas as number five. I like Tyreek too. Uh, so Tyreek, he was number one in 2018. Uh, eight, seven receptions on 137 yard, uh, targets, 1,479 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns, uh, 27 catches were over 20 yards. So, I mean, he, he made his hay on big plays. Um, he, I mean, out of everyone, he is the, the third lowest receptions out of the top 10 that we have here. And he has, and he ended up as the number one wide receiver. So, I mean, that's, that's what you come to expect from Tyreek Hill. Uh, he is the quintessential boomer bust. So you're either getting 40 points yeah. or you're getting 10 points. He's definitely a risky pick in terms of wide receiver. I think both of us have him high, so I think we're yeah. we're, uh, we're banking on the risk paying off just because he's on the Chiefs. Um, he gets rushing yards too, which is nice. If if you're in a league that gets kick return yardage, that's even more pluses. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. I mean, I have him high because I expect him to do what he did last year. Which, Which was, I expect him to one. finish with, with a stupid amount of yardage and a stupid amount of touchdowns. To say that it's going to be evenly spread out, not so much. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's you're going to have to make up for that with... Uh, it, it all depends on how you draft, what kind of players you like. My number one, I like someone more like a Hopkins or more like a Devontae Adams who's going to average 20-something a game more who's going to consistently show up uh, and then I can you know kind of parlay that with some wide receivers that have some upside I have stronger running backs something like that with Tyreek Hill you need someone who's who's like a PPR monster to mm-hmm. to kind of accompany accompany that with so like a like an Edelman this season or, or Larry Fitzgerald from a couple of seasons ago someone who just pepper with targets has a lot of target share and they're just going to give you that ba- that good baseline, that that decent floor to go with. And speaking of playing the Bucks twice a year, <laughs> speaking of playing the Bucks twice a year, uh, Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints comes in at number five. He was the number six last season uh, with 125 receptions on 147 targets, 1,405 yards. And nine touchdowns. Um, he's he's a PPR machine. He's that's what he does. He plays the Bucks twice a year. He plays the he plays the Falcons twice a year. He plays the Panthers twice a year. Um, he plays secondaries that he can just absolutely torch twice a year. So, and he's got you know, a hall of famer, Drew Brees throwing him the football. There's not much else that can be said about Michael Thomas. Yeah. I think I like Michael Thomas to have a better year than last year because without Mark Ingram, I like the chances that they air it out more. I think Kamara and 
um, Thomas are going to catch the ball a lot. I feel like they're not going to run it as much as they did in past seasons. Um, the touchdowns, once again, like weird that he didn't get double digits, but I mean, he led the league in receptions. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's the only thing a, that a worries thing. me. Um, and I think you really saw that happen towards the end of the last season because I was a Michael Thomas owner, and it was towards the end of the last season that you had everyone and their mother catching the football from Drew Brees for a touchdown. There was mm-hmm. a, I forget there was a night game that they played where they had four different wide receivers all catch Cameron touchdowns. Not, <laughs> none of them named Michael Thomas. So so that was the only thing that worried me mm-hmm. was was I don't know what Sean Payton and Drew Brees were doing. Um uh, but I wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, he, so that he's, was he's, he's he's I had him at four. He's just outside that top tier for me. Like he's just consistent and He really is. He he belongs middle of the pack. He's super safe. I just want those those touchdowns that he missed out on last season. Uh sure. ex- especially if you're in PPR. So you, you can't get much safer than Michael Thomas. Um, so anyways, uh, number six spot, um, is Oda Beckham Jr. Uh, now with the Cleveland Browns, 77 receptions, 124 targets, 1,052 yards, six touchdowns. He finished as the wide receiver 16 last season. Um, you know, but in my opinion, he belongs in this top 10 the talent is undeniable um i have him at five i think he's going from an offense that couldn't keep it together last season an end of his era eli manning throwing to him and with a breakout of saquon barkley so i think last season there was just a lot going against odell having an elite elite year when it comes to fantasy I think that changes exponentially this year. I think you have Baker Mayfield, who's not afraid at all to air the ball out. I think you have a Browns offense that's going to live in the red zone. I think you partner him with Jarvis Landry, um, uh, you know, his longtime friend from LSU. And I think they just, they just torch secondaries all season long. I have high, high hopes for OBJ. And I think it's, we're going to see him go back to, to the OB, the breakout version of OBJ. Um, I just left yeah. Wayne speechless. Just left him actually <laughs> absolutely <laughs> speechless. <laughs> the, I, he couldn't say anything better right there. I like a lot of what you said. I, I do feel like he's in a much better situation. I have some concerns about his health. Um, I don't know if it's Eli or him, but I felt like. I remember him dropping a lot of balls. I owned him in a league last year and remember watching games and questioning why he did not hold on to the ball. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the Browns have this like hype train every year and it just keeps every off season. There's more and more, I, like they do more I and more things. I did not feel this way about the Browns last year as I do this year. Sure. I mean, this year it's like they made so many moves in the off season, but it's one of those things that I have to believe to see because they're still the Browns. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not as high on him, but I do think he's going to have a great year. I think he'll have a much better year than he did last year. And putting him in the top 10 is absolutely where he belongs. 
he has the talent and uh, assuming he can stay healthy, I feel like Jarvis Landry really helps. They help each other. They're both going to catch the ball a lot because they can mess with secondaries. It's you can't double cover one. See of them. The, you have to cover them. And both that's, equally. that's the thing. It's he's just, he's had to do what Julio's had to do the last few years. Mm-hmm. But with, you know, an end of the road, Eli Manning thrown to him as opposed to a Matt Ryan. So he's, he's had to deal with being opposite Victor Cruz and Sterling Shepard. And uh, I think Brandon Marshall for some time. So, I mean, it's just these back the pack guys. Now you have a guy like Jarvis Landry, who, who's also a big threat. I think that's the biggest help that I see. I mean, Eli Manning, maybe the back of, you know, at the end of his career, but he's still a Super Bowl quarterback. So, I mean, you just get a slight bump with, with Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, but having a bona fide second wide receiver to be opposite of the field with you is, is the biggest help that OBJ gets. <laughs> so moving along, keeping it moving, our consensus number seven, Juju Smith-Schuster of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, wide receiver nine last season, 111 receptions, 166 targets, 1,426 yards, and seven touchdowns last season. The biggest question to me with Juju is, can he step into the wide receiver one role? Can he take on that extra coverage? Um, what what holdups do you have about Juju stepping you know stepping into this this echelon with him having control of that receiving core? I honestly don't. I feel like he. I don't have many concerns. I think I could even potentially bump him over some of these other guys. I think he's going to have a huge year. I don't think that losing a B really helps or Mm -hmm. hurts him. Uh, I just, I feel like he has the talent. He stepped into the role that he was meant to do last year. He's a fun guy off the field. I honestly could see him in the top three. I think the Steelers air out the ball. They score points and he is going to be the benefactor of a B not being there. I, I just, I like him this year. I'm high on Juju. Yep. Give me him on my team. If I can get him in that a hundred percent. I mean, he had, he had four receptions inside of the two yard line last year. So, I mean, you take, you take away did still, and you add four touchdowns to a seven. He's, he's got double digit touchdowns. He easily cracks the top four last season. So, it's to mm-hmm. say that none of those 15 touchdowns that Antonio Brown caught last season are going to go Juju's way. It almost makes no sense. If yeah, I, the question you asked me was, are there any concerns? If anything, it's Ben Roethlisberger. I feel like he's getting up there and he's, he still finds a way, but I just, anytime now we're, we're going to be concerned. Um, but I think he's the mm-hmm. talent, even if there's somebody that has to come in halfway through the season because of injury or whatever. I still feel like Juju's got the numbers. He's going to get the touchdowns, and the Steelers yeah. are going to feed him the ball. For sure. I don't think there's there's much more to say about Juju. It's, it's simply a question of how high are you on Juju.
However, his his paramour um, from last season, <laughs> one of the bigger question marks this season, is Antonio Brown. Your consensus for last season, 104 receptions, 169 targets, uh, 1,297 yards, and 15 touchdowns. That's, in my opinion, Antonio Brown is almost only on this list because it's Antonio Brown. Situation-wise, mm-hmm. uh, I I don't, it's not favorable for him whatsoever. Um, in my opinion, I'm just going to kind of jump on this because I'd, super low on Antonio Brown and touchdown regressions are almost for sure a, a thing, of a, a thing in his future this season. Um, you had, he had 15 touchdowns last season, Derek Carr threw 19 touchdowns all of last season. So you're talking about 15 of Derek Carr's total 19 touchdowns going to Antonio Brown next season. Um, and I mean, I just don't know what to expect of the Raiders this season offensively. I think they're going to be an offense that tries to piece it together all season. And if you look at it, 17 of the top 24 wide receivers are on the top 15 of scoring offenses in 2018. So it's a question of whether or not you put the Raiders into those top 15 offenses next season. I just don't see that happening whatsoever. I think he'll be fringe top 10. Uh, but at this point, I'm just putting him in the top 10 out of respect. He, <laughs> he he is a freak of nature. I think he has the talent. He has the speed. I Antonio Brown, to me, I, I agree with what you're saying. We both had him at eight. The Raiders, I don't, Derek Carr, to me, is middle of the park pack. I think he's had his moments. But I'll tell you what I don't like. It's the Raiders offensive line. I don't know where they ranked last year, but I'm going to go with bottom five. They just watching them play football last year. It was like orange cones are the offensive line. Antonio Brown needs to be burning uh, secondaries and he just won't have time to get out there because Derek Carr will be on the ground. Um, the, The upside I think that lets him stay in the top 10 is he will get garbage time touchdowns. I oh, yeah. guarantee it. He his fourth quarter stats compared to his first quarter stats will be ridiculous. That's I'm predicting that. <laughs> yeah, they're this he's is... going to bur- burn some fantasy teams because they think they're going to be doing so good and then Raiders get like two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it like 35-14. Yeah, this is definitely a Raiders <laughs> offense that's going to have to uh, make up some points towards the back half of games. Uh, their offensive line ranked 28 out of the 32 teams last season. Oh, so bottom so five. Bottom five. Nice. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just it. I, that's what I'm saying. Player-wise, all over Antonio Brown. Situationally, situationally though, just absolutely terrible. So, I just... <sighs> I just don't see it happening. That's what I mean. He's just, he's in the top 10 because ah, he's so consistent, so consistent (laughs) at the position. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see how that shakes out. Um, However, speaking of playing the Bucks two times in the season, um, this next person does not play the Bucks at all. And that's because he's on the Buccaneers. Uh, Mike Evans uh, the wide receiver eight last season, 86 receptions on 139 targets, 1,524 yards, eight 
touchdowns. Um, I think I think it's a great year for Mike Evans. I think what we've come to get from Mike Evans is you know 1,300, 1,500 yards. Um, I think the touchdowns go up for Mike Evans. You had Adam Humphreys going uh, to Tennessee this season. So mm-hmm. there, there is the emergence of Chris Godwin and OJ Howard. Yeah, I, I think Jameis being the QB, assuming we stay consistent this year and not do all this flip-flop crap with Fitzpatrick, I think I think that'll be better for him because Evans performed significantly better mm-hmm. when Jameis Winston was the QB. Um, if, if we stay consistent in that, we've mentioned it with the Julio and Michael Thomas, but the Bucks have a bad, bad pass defense, which means they will be behind in games. They will be throwing the ball a lot. Um, sort of like how Antonio is going to get garbage time points or points because they're behind and they have to be throwing the ball. But James is going to be throwing the ball a lot. Yeah. And, and I don't really like any running back in Tampa because they will be they throwing the ball. they don't have a very great running game. So mm-hmm. all they can do is throw the ball. So, um, and Mike Evans is going to get the volume of those receptions. Absolutely. And, and looks. So yeah, I'm, I'm high on Mike Evans. I, I don't know if he'll be top five. It's possible, but I think he's a consistent player and he'll get points every game. I don't, I don't know if I he'll d- have huge games. I don't have the confidence in Jameis to have him in top five. Can it happen? Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think close he'll get it's top uh, is seven. Seven, he maybe might be able to flex into six, but I was talking to someone else. I mean, it's it's a, a tough list to crack into when you mm-hmm. talk about these top ten wide receivers. So yeah. I think you yeah, it like- comes down to the offense as a whole, comes down to the quarterback. I mean, with with uh, these top five guys, you've got Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matt Ryan, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees. So I mean, you got the elite of the elite quarterbacks throwing them the football, and that's that's a lot of the reason why they're in that position. You mean, you mean Jameis is an elite? What? No, Jameis. Jameis is elite um, at but, many things, but, but, quarter, but quarterbacking is not one of them. He was elite in twenty thirteen. Don't get me wrong; mm. he was elite that year. Uh, we have the added benefit of living in Tampa Bay area, so people talk about the Bucks, and it's funny because they're not good. Anyway. They're not. And we're going to close this out with a person that I'm extremely bullish on. Uh, Wayne's a little bit higher than he is, so we're going to have him defend him here quickly. Uh, but Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers, 97 receptions on 137 targets. 1196 yards and six touchdowns take it away Wayne. all right since his injury which i know burned a lot of people he has bounced back he has a ton of receptions and um i i don't know i feel like once again he has mike williams breaking out i feel like that helps him people are gonna have to look his way um I don't like that he doesn't get touchdowns, but boy, does he get receptions. And I'm fine with that. Uh, I think he has a ton of targets, ton of yardage, ton of receptions. 97 last year on 137 targets. Um, 
he has the ability to break off big plays. And I think as long as he stays healthy and you're in a PPR league, Keenan Allen is a safe top 10 pick. I, uh, I like him. I, I get the hate, but I feel like charters are a good team and they have a good running back. They have a good situation. Philip Rivers slings the ball more than anybody. I feel like sometimes he has games where you look at his stat line, and you're like, he threw how many times? Um, Keenan Allen's going to get the ball as long as he stays healthy, and I feel like the touchdowns go up this year. See, with me, I don't. I, I, I don't think year. they go up this year, um, just because you have you have that that running core with Melvin Gordon. You know, be it he ends the holdout, Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler. You have Hunter Henry coming back. Um, and then Mike Williams, I think he eats into Keenan Allen's target share just a little bit this season. But I mean, as a whole, I think the chargers are almost transitioning to where their, their offense, who is always impressive is almost being overshadowed by their D by their defense, by guys like Joey Bosa, Derwin James. Um, and I think the chargers are good. Yes. I think you're going to see <laughs> I think you're going to see a slower offense. You're going to see an offense that doesn't have to sling the ball as much. Um and so I think that just hurts Keenan Allen for me. I think that's that's what happens. I much rather have a guy like T. Y. Hilton who who was who was in my top ten, um, didn't make the consensus ranks, but I much rather have a guy who who's on an offense that I expect to be a top five offense uh getting catching balls from a quarterback that i expect to be a top top three quarterback and uh, ty hilton back half of last season after the injuries they suffered in the first half of the season from weeks 11 to 17 he was a wide receiver two he was a wide receiver six when it comes to targets and i think that is uh, that's just a lot more tantalizing to me i don't have keenan allen inside of my top 10 I see him ending up more around the, the 13, 14 range. Honestly, I, I do feel like they're very close in ranks. I had T.Y. Hilton right after Keenan Allen. I had T.Y. Hilton last year. I feel like both of these guys are guys that if if they don't get touchdowns each week, you're disappointed. Uh, they, they were not heavy. Neither of them were heavy on the touchdowns. I think T.Y. Hilton had seven mm-hmm. last year. And I feel like a lot of them were like long breakout touchdowns. I don't feel like he got the red zone looks. I think Eric Ebron. Yeah, those all went. Those all Aaron Ebron, Marlon Mack. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like I'm worried about T.Y. Hilton in the touchdowns, just like I'm worried about Keenan Allen in the touchdowns. But I I feel like Keenan Allen is he gets more receptions. So if you're looking for that guy that's getting you PPR points, who's catching the ball a lot. And, you know, maybe not getting in the end zone. I, I like Keenan Allen better just for that reason. Um, that's my take. But like I said, I'm, I'm close enough on them that you can argue either way. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I think both of these guys concern me with touchdowns. hundred um, percent. So that's, that's our consensus top 10. We'll close the show today um, with a quick question regarding this. So is there a wide receiver Maybe not out, maybe outside of this top 10, maybe outside of even the top 24, um, that you are targeting in every single draft because you believe they have the ability to break into that 
that top 12 range. Mm. So I was top 12, 12, 15. I was going to say Kenny Galladay is a guy that I'm targeting that I feel like is going. I feel like I like him way above his ADP. His ADP. I don't feel like he's a top 15 kind of guy. But where where do you see him? Top 24? I can see him being in the top 20. I I feel like he's, he's probably not there in ADP. I honestly want to say he's probably significantly lower than that. But I, I feel like Kenny Galladay is a good talent. And Matt Stafford throws the ball a crap ton. And Detroit is hopefully trending up. I, there's second year under Patricia. I, I like what they have. And he doesn't have Golden Tate in front of him now. I, I think give me the Detroit wide receiver one under Stafford. And that's a consistent guy that you're counting on to get you lots of yards and lots of points. It just, it's always happened. And I feel like Kenny Galladay can fit that role once again. And I feel like he does better than what people expect. He is going going in the fourth round. You've got guys like Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, uh, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup going around Kenny Galladay. Oh, yeah. I like him way better than any of those guys. Robert Woods, of the people that you listed, is fine. I, I think I'm okay with drafting him, but I have question marks there. I think Kenny Galladay is much more consistent. I feel like he could have games where he disappoints, but I think overall he's going to be getting a lot of looks, and I think he has the talent to get some touchdowns and rolling some passes see i am actually leaning towards one of the guys that i mentioned and that's chris godwin of the buccaneers yes i just kind of said there's there's some woes to go around with mike evans having Jameis winston throwing the football um but as i mentioned with mike evans you have uh, adam humphreys leaving who was a huge target of Jameis winston you have deshaun jackson leaving who was a huge target of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick last season. So, I mean, those are two wide receivers that are just gone. And Chris Godwin is stepping into uh, what I believe his breakout season. Um, You saw flashes of it last season. Mm -hmm. I I think he just, I think we're going to hit a a point in the season where we just see him go off the rails. And uh, I think it's going to top 15. I'd, I'd put him in the top 15. I think him and Evans have potential to be that uh, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, Brandon cooks kind of stack where uh, there's enough passing volume there to sustain two top 15 mm-hmm. wide receivers, especially in that division. Uh, I think Chris Godwin is someone who y- you can get him in the back half of the fifth round You've got guys like Kenny Galladay. You've got guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Tyler Boyd, Darius Geis, Cooper Cup, Lamar Miller, Rashad Penny, DJ Moore. Uh, you know, I think those are all guys who I would gladly take Chris Godwin over. Um, I think he's going to be safe reception wise, and I think he 100% has that upside to break into that top 15. So, all right. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, next week, we will be doing tight ends. 
Um, so be sure to stay hyped for that. As always, you can find us on Instagram at the Fantasy Football Heroes. Are are there ten good tight ends? There are ten good tight ends. hundred percent. I think uh, there are ten good tight ends. It gets a little messy towards the back half of those tight ends. Um, but that's what these rankings are for. So uh, to help people differentiate between the the, uh, the fruit and the cake and the fruit cake, the uh, the the I deliciousness thought, and the nasty crap. I thought these rankings were for when things didn't go right for somebody, they could come back to us and be like, "Well, you said uh, he would be here." I thought that's uh, a classic uh, blame Ernesto failsafe. Many people have those. Um, but sure, if uh, that is what these get used for, I'm more than happy to be that scapegoat. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to draft Godwin, and I'm going to blame you when he's not top 15. That's how this works. Draft Godwin and then split your pot with me when he's top 15. <laughs> All right. We will see. It'll be fun to look back. All on right, that's it. Many <laughs> Next week, now. top 10 tight ends. <laughs> that's the show. Check us out on Instagram. Check us out on YouTube. We'll catch you later.